Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 41 of our podcast that was originally recorded on September 14th of 2014. I started off with What I'm Leeching Now and then jumped into the news stories. And the biggest news story I thought of the week was Microsoft buying Mojang, the creators of Minecraft. And then talked about DC Dice Masters and several leaks that were revealed this week. I talked about several games getting early actual release dates. I also talked about The Walking Dead getting a real pinball machine, which sounds pretty cool. Elite Dangerous also got its pricing. I talked about a couple other stories before I jumped into what I'm playing now, where I talked about Project Corgon, Orcs Must Die 2, The Manhattan Project, and then I talked about what I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 41. We have a lot of stuff to talk about this week, so let's just jump right into everything. Uh, send us some emails. You can find us at what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. We also have a Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And of course, our Twitch channel, which is at twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. That's slowly been growing, and I've been playing a lot of pretty cool games and meeting a lot of cool people, so definitely liking the whole Twitch aspect. Um, I have been working on producing a bunch of the different shows uh, that I have done, um, the the Wayback Wednesday shows, as well as the Saturday Whippin' shows that I've been doing on Twitch. So I've got most of those produced. I think I have one more from this past Saturday to throw up onto YouTube, and then I need to get all those linked over to the site. So I'm going to try to work on that this week and get that all cleaned up and hopefully get all that caught up and then um, probably produce this uh, show on Tuesday and try to get this podcast up, I mean on Wednesday, probably get this podcast up on Wednesday night onto the website and everything. So just keep an eye out for what's popping up onto the website and we're still working on a bunch of other things as well. Let's jump into the first section of the show, what I'm leeching now. So really couldn't find too many deals going on this week other than your normal Steam sale and everything. Um, one of the big things that I had mentioned last week as far as sales went, the Humble Bundle, HumbleBundle.com was having a big sale and they were giving away a free game both last Monday and this Monday. This Monday's free game is called Receiver. It is kind of like a first-person shooter with a roguelike element and you can find out some information on Giant Bomb on their website about the game. They also have a Let's Play on there. I actually downloaded the game earlier. I have not had a chance to play it yet. It looks like it's pretty cool. I do remember watching the Let's Play of this that uh, Giant Bomb had done, and it looked like a pretty good game. It was actually started, I guess you could say, during a 7-day FPS challenge, and they actually then figured, they actually kind of, the developers thought that they had a pretty decent game, there that they had started so they actually put a little bit more work into it it was then thrown up onto steam's green light and it was greenlit and then it came out uh, last april so looks like a pretty good game i'm interested in giving it a shot but if you're interested in something free for the week check out the humble bundle check out humblebundle.com and you can find some pretty good deals there as well as one free game, and it looks like there's, as, as of this recording, it looks like there's about 16 hours left for you to get that free game if you have not already done so. So go check that out. So we're going to jump into the news of the day, or the week, I guess I should say, and the biggest news was pretty much today, and I just threw this story as pretty much the first news story, and you you pretty much can't can't say anything about it not being big. This could be probably one of the bigger stories of the year, I guess you might be able to say. 
basically Microsoft buying Mojang. And I looked up a couple of the different pronunciations, and it sounds like Notch basically said that that's the best way to say it in English. I guess in Swedish you would say it as Mojang, but we'll just go with the English pronunciation for now. So in looking at Twitter when this was announced last week and reading a bunch of the different gaming sites, it seems that there's a lot of people that are really concerned with Microsoft getting their hands into into Minecraft. Uh, Microsoft's under the impression that they're actually going to make the their $2.5 billion back possibly by uh, July of 2015, I think I read in a couple of different articles. So I think that my, Microsoft's really believes that they can, they can make a lot of money off of this and I'm interested in how they're actually going to do this. So this, so there's a couple of different things that Microsoft can bring to the table here and there's there's both good and bad that can happen out of this whole relationship. Well, I don't even know if I want to call it a relationship since Microsoft actually owns them now. It's you know, Mojang pretty much doesn't have much to say, I would I would guess anymore. But from the post that was on uh, Mojang.com, it sounds like they really want to do right by the customer. They want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And they're trying to basically just say, you know what, there's not much that's going to change, but um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure there are going to be some changes that come about. So what could those changes be? Some of the good that could possibly come out of this, um, as we've mentioned in some of the other pod- past podcasts, um, Mojang recently got into offering servers uh, where you can basically purchase a a Minecraft server and actually play the game online with your friends, and and it's basically a safe environment to you know to be able to do so. Uh, there there have been a lot of third party people and uh, third party companies that have been offering server rentals. You know, ever since Minecraft has basically started, there were people renting out servers to play this game on. So. Mojang recently gotten this, and I think this might be one place where Microsoft may be able to come in and actually help out with uh, with basically scaling and offering better service at a really good price point if Microsoft wants to do the right thing. There's a lot Microsoft can do here that could also be bad. Um, some of the bigger things that really concern me is, if I remember correctly, before Minecraft actually went to a 1.0 version, when it was back in the actual kind of like alpha and beta stages, I thought I had read at one time that it was stated that Minecraft will be supported short for a little time after uh, the 1.0 release, and it won't necessarily always be fully updated for free. So um, one of the things that concerns me the most is Microsoft can basically come in here and say, okay, we've given away free updates for a year or so, and then maybe they start like a subscription service if you want to be able to download some of the latest patches. They could do something as crazy as offering uh, like a 99 cent subscription a month deal uh, just for the game. And for the amount of people that are out there and the amount of people that would probably pay that, considering it's just 99 cents, uh, they could probably make a good amount of money off of this. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see what Microsoft actually does going forward um, with Minecraft and how they actually change it into a Microsoft product. So I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for the coming future, but um, these are a couple of the things that are just coming to my mind as I'm thinking about things. And, you know, I, I tried to think about the good things that might be able to come out of this. And, 
in Microsoft with their server farms and everything, yeah, they might be able to, you know, help out the customers as far as offering maybe a better deal, maybe um, faster servers at a cheaper price if, if they wanted to. Um, but I think the biggest thing that concerns me is how they're actually going to make this $2.5 billion back short of really screwing over a lot of the other companies possibly like Sony um, or some of the other companies that were putting it on maybe on Android iOS because I believe those were not those those products weren't really done by Mojang those were done by a third party so they could possibly start charging licensing fees back to some of these places that could just kind of get outrageous to start making some of this money back and it sounds like they they don't want to do they they actually want to support a lot of the other um, platforms that are out there so i have I'm, i have no idea what's going to happen i don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen with this but um like i said these are just some of the things that are bouncing around in my mind that i'm thinking of so notch it sounds like he made a heck of a lot of money out of this uh, and it sounds like him as well as Jacob and Carl were going to, are going to be leaving. So the three of them will not be going to Microsoft. Um, nobody really knows what they have planned short of basically just enjoying their newfound riches. Um, but I think from from reading a lot of what I've, what I've read about um, Notch lately and him basically just kind of wanting to get out of some of the limelight and everything and just going back to just being like a small programmer, it sounds like this is from from like some of his tweets it sounds like this is really going to help his sanity so that's really good i mean you you can't really complain or say much about him you know passing something like this up this is a once in a lifetime thing passing up 2.5 billion dollars for a company that you've started and then being able to continue doing what you do pretty much for the rest of your life and just be set that's that's kind of like hitting the lottery so he he definitely did that with minecraft so that's about all I have to say on that one. So we're going to jump into a bunch of other news stories that we have right now. But like I said, that was pretty much the big news story of the week. So I figured that that was going to take up part of the show now. But let's see if we can knock out the rest of the news that I've picked out here. And then we'll jump into some of what I played for the week. So some of the other news that I found this week. Dice Tower News actually had some information on Dice Masters. Um, the WizKids game that I've been playing lately. There's actually going to be a DC Dice Masters Justice League. This was actually kind of possibly mistakenly published by a Spanish distributor. Where they actually showed a starter box. Um, and they basically showed Justice League. And you can see Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Superman, Batman, a bunch of other people on the cover. look like Aquaman. Um, so DC Dice Masters, you can kind of see the dice for what appears to be Batman, Superman. And I'm guessing maybe the Riddler or the Joker there. Not really too sure what that die could be. But there's this looks like it could be a really fun one. It sounds like it's supposed to be... From what this article is saying, the fifth starter release, which is the interesting part, because pretty much we only know of four so far. We know that we have the Avengers vs. X-Men, which is the one that everybody's currently playing. You have the Uncanny X-Men, which is coming out, I believe, in October. You have the D&D one. Supposedly there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! one. But then there's one more we're going to talk about here in a second, and we're going to jump over to an article on the Reserve Poll. The Reserve Poll is a podcast I've been listening to recently, and they basically talk about Dice Masters. It's a pretty good podcast, and I, I'm really enjoying a lot of the stuff they're saying, and they actually have a lot of information as far as different screenshots and some of the dice 
and whatnot for the DC Dice Masters. So they actually showed Solomon Grundy, Flash, Batman, Joker, Firestorm, Superman will all be part of this. Uh, they also mentioned a little bit about the D&D Battle of Faerun, and they talked about that a little bit. That one appears that it's going to be coming out in spring of 2015. I believe this one has just recently been pushed back because this Dice Master game was supposed to be out, I think, around the time that they're actually re releasing Uncanny. So what it seems like happened, WizKid, WizKids kind of got into, I guess you could say a little bit of a bind in that they actually created a product that they really weren't ready to publish as much product for as they should have. So with the Avengers vs. X-Men, when that came out, they, they just didn't have enough product. So I think they had to extend probably the life of that run a little bit because they've actually had to go back and do multiple prints of it. I'm very close to finishing up my collection of that first one. I believe I need a um, probably about six to eight rare cards left and two super rares. So I have a couple of rares that I ordered from eBay and I'm going to be doing some trading hopefully tomorrow at the store um, when I go down there for for game night and hopefully i'm going to be able to complete the rares here shortly and then try to get the last two super rares and of course for super rares i need gobby and um knucklehead still which are two of the higher priced ones the first super rare i had gotten was mr fantastic and then i was lucky enough to pull a serena out of a out of a gravity feed that i had opened but the D&D Battle of Faerun looks really interesting. Pretty much the only card you can kind of read from this one is the Red Dragon card. But they also talk about some of the different possible weapons and some of the other things that are going to be coming in that set. Um, dragons, monsters, heroes, spells, and more. A plus one magic sword. Uh, so I'm really, really excited for, for that Dice Masters game. Then, of course, they go into some of the Uncanny X-Men. And if you're watching on eBay, it looks like a couple of people have already gotten their hands on some of the Uncanny X-Men stuff. Uh, I saw a starter set for 75 bucks on eBay today, and somebody actually had a booster box um, for the Uncanny X-Men, which was... A starting bit of around 100. Now there is a size difference with this newer Uncanny X-Men set. The Gravity Feeds, which are basically your booster boxes for the Avengers versus X-Men, was a 60 count box. So there were 60 boosters in a box. For the Uncanny X-Men, they're upping that to 90. The biggest concern I have for this is if that means I only have a possibility of a super one super rare in possibly like every other box, that's really going to suck. So I, I think once people start getting these booster boxes in and they start opening up and we start seeing what some of the rarity is and, and what some of the distribution is, I'm hoping it's not the super rares aren't going to be as difficult to get since they're upping the count in these booster boxes because I know when that comes out on day one, I already have a starter set and a booster box hopefully coming my way. So that's about it. The only other thing I wanted to mention about that that they had... Uh, talked about in the reserve pool was another box set which is the age of ultron that one set for spring of 2015 so my guess is that this one will possibly be coming out after the D, &D battle of fey run or possibly around the same time because both of them are kind of listed at spring 2015 so at who knows when the dates they're actually going to push for these because there's there's only going to be so many sets that they're going to one be able to produce and two be able to sell so 
We're going to jump over to some other news. Dice Tar News also had another board game that they were t- that they had mentioned in one of their news feeds, and that is Space Hulk. Space Hulk was a very popular game back when I worked at the comic book store. It looks like, from what I can tell from Board Game Geek, that this is going to possibly be the fourth edition. I haven't seen that listed anywhere, but it looked like the third edition was released back in 2009. When I was working in the comic book store, I believe we were selling the second edition of this game. And I believe I had played it once. So third, this this what appears to be, like I said, fourth edition Space Hulk looks to be really good. The figures look to be outstanding. Of course, on the Games Workshop website, they show all the figures painted and everything. I highly doubt if any of the Games Workshop figures come painted. We all know they don't. We all know that that's part of the hobby there. Um, but if you are a Space Hulk fan, there is a new game coming out. It looks like the board the board components are really sharp. There's going to be 16 different missions. It's going to be basically the Blood Angel Terminators, of course, against the Gene Stealers, basically fighting out on the Space Hulk to see who can survive and basically do the mission. So this will be a pretty good board game. I'm really interested in playing this one down at the store whenever they get that in, and, and hopefully we can get in a demo copy of that one. Jump over to some video game news. We have a couple of games here that I'm going to be talking about. Some games have been um, pushed back some. Some games have actually been pulled forward some as far as their release dates go, which you don't hear too often. Um, And we actually have a release date now for Batman Arkham Knight. It's launching June 2nd of 2015. Um, There's also going to be two special editions. And it's going to be released on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Um, I believe a lot of people were really surprised that this that this was pushed back to June 2nd, mainly because a lot of people were thinking that it would be coming out possibly sometime in February or so, or February or March towards the beginning of the year. Um, because it was actually supposed to be released, I think, in... 2014 here so people were thinking it would probably just get pushed back one quarter it looks like it got pushed back two quarters so from what i've seen of the game from some of the e3 demos and um, videos this will definitely be a game worth waiting for Uh, so i am not going to complain that they need a little bit more time to to basically you know put a put a little bit of better polish on this game one of the other big game, big games that just came out this past week, Destiny, of course. I'm sure everybody's busy playing that one. I played the demo, or the beta, basically, for it. I had a blast playing the beta. I have not picked up the actual retail version of this yet. I've been so busy playing so many other things, I just haven't had a chance to pick this one up. But it sounds like Activision definitely has another hit on their hands, especially when they're pulling in about $500 million in 24 hours. So they're basically saying that this is the... Activision says Bungie's shooter is the biggest new IP launch ever. So it's still not coming close to, let's say, a Grand Theft Auto V or what you know, last year's Call of Duty. But uh, $500 million for a new IP, you, you, know, you pretty much have to just basically bow your heads to and say, yeah, you guys have done good. Now, I have looked at some of the reviews from some of the different gaming websites. I checked out Metacritic real quick just to kind of get to get a view of the numbers. The numbers kind of seem to be all over the place. Most of the reviews that I would probably go to as far as websites would, I, I believe they gave it the game probably around a 6 out of 10, possibly a 7 out of 10. There were quite a few people that have given it maybe like an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. Uh, the websites that were mentioned there, I 
probably wouldn't even ever go to for advice. So it seems like most of your big ones are giving it around a 6 or 7 out of 10, which seems to be a decent score for its for the first round. Uh, we'll have to actually see. Uh, we, we all know there's going to be a second one after this, considering how big of a sale a seller it is. Uh, so... Yeah, this this could be basically like the original Assassin's Creed, where it was a good launched, where it was a good title at launch. It it really didn't have huge scores, and it was an okay game. But they definitely refined it over the years and over the and with all the different versions. So, if I do get a chance to pick up Destiny, I wouldn't mind playing it. I think I heard that the original or that the that the story is lasting around 16 plus hours or so, which isn't that bad. I put in probably about 8 to 10 hours during the beta and felt like I had a pretty good feel of what the game was about. I really didn't enjoy the multiplayer part of the game, which is one of the reasons why I didn't pick it up on launch day. So it's still something I wouldn't mind maybe kicking the tires on and just to play for a little bit. So let's jump over to another game open world zombie game dying light this one actually is being launched a little bit earlier than expected i believe it was supposed to come out in february of 2015 it's actually being released on january 27th so i don't know if there was an actual release date ever announced for um for the february date but it appears that january 27th is kind of close but it actually still is going to be a little earlier this is basically going to be the spiritual successor to dead island uh this is more of a parkour style action survival game the graphics on this look very intense looks completely insane this one's coming out for the 360 the xbox one ps3 ps4 and pc i will definitely be picking this game up when this comes out i really enjoyed the the Dead Island games, and um, I'm kind of interested in playing another zombie-style game. I can't get enough of the zombie shit, I'm sorry. Our next one is going to harken back to a story we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Night Trap. On Kotaku, they had a story of a guy who walked into a GameStop and basically had a ton of old Sega games that he wanted to sell. Within this collection of Sega games, he had 203 Yes, 203, 203 copies of the original Night Trap. And this wasn't even the Night Trap that had been redone after the ESRB had come about, because um, I believe that was a blue-boxed version. This is the actual original red box version before the ESRB basically was even founded. And this was one of the games, or the game, that kind of brought about the creation of the ESRB. So I guess this guy had these games... Were, were left over from an old blockbuster um, from from back in the day. They were actually had been recalled. They were in a warehouse, and he just kind of wanted to get them out of his house. How this guy ended up with all 203 copies of this shit, I have no idea. It's amazing if you look at the picture of all the Sega CDs sitting there in the boxes. Um, but it's... This isn't something you see every day, and when I saw this story, I just had to at least mention it. So I'm going to have the link to the Kotaku article if you want to read a little bit more about it. I believe that Night Trap is still on Kickstarter. Um, let me see if this was... Um, I don't know if I go... Here's their Kickstarter page. I was trying to see if I can get to their Kickstarter page real quick, and it looks like their Kickstarter failed. They were going for... $330,000 goal, and it looks like they only got close to 40000 So I wasn't too sure. Oh, it looks like that had um, ended six days ago. I couldn't remember the exact end date for 
for the Kickstarter for for the remake of Night Trap. We had talked about that a couple weeks ago, so I was trying to look that up real quick. But yeah, it looks like that did not succeed, and I kind of figured that. But here's something that's kind of interesting. We've talked about, and I've been playing actually, the Walking Dead Pinball on the PS4 lately, and they're actually coming out with an actual pinball table for the Walking Dead. So this game, this this pinball machine is actually going to be based on the AMC television show. It's going to be produced by Stern Pinball. And there's going to be a couple of different versions out, actually. There's going to be a pro version, which is going to be about six grand, And then there's going to be a limited edition version, which is going to be a little over $8,500. Uh, it sounds like they're actually bringing in... Um, Greg Nicotero, who's one of the special effect, effect creators on The Walking Dead. Um, he's done a lot of the special effects on the actual TV show. They're bringing him to work in on some of the actual table work for this. And I am going to have to find an arcade now to play this damn game, because I'm sure my wife isn't going to let me buy one of these, especially for that cost. She'd probably make me sell my one other car, which I'm not really too sure I want to do for a pinball machine. <laughs> um... But I just wanted to throw this out there. You don't really hear too often about um, pinball machines getting made recently, but it's kind of cool that uh, Stern is actually going to be making one on The Walking Dead. And I'm sure once I mention this to my wife, she's going to definitely be looking for an arcade as well as to where we can check this game out. We're going to jump over to one of our last news stories here. We only got a couple of more before we get to what I'm playing now. And Elite Dangerous has been priced, and a special edition has been announced. So Elite Dangerous is a is a game that's a space simulator that's being remade. I think I had talked about this as well on a previous episode of the podcast. I had played this game originally back on the Commodore 64. You can, I believe, you can get the into the beta right now for $75. It sounds like the game is going to sell for 60, but if you buy the early edition, the Mercenary edition. You can pre-order it basically for 50 bucks right now, and I will probably be throwing my 50 bucks in that hat here very shortly. I definitely want to get a pre-order on this, and I want to play this on day one. I really enjoyed that first Elite. I used to play the hell out of it back on my Commodore 64. Um, even though the graphics don't look anything like what this new one does, um, but I, I'm definitely going to be getting into this one. And the last bit of news I wanted to talk about was some malware that could possibly be going through Twitch right now um, through their chat system. I guess Twitch had basically announced that there is a little piece of malware going around, and it's based around the CSGO prize. Some people are putting a CSGO prize, which is Counter-Strike Go, link in chat, and it's basically taking them to a site where if you put in your username, and password I believe it is basically going to get into your Steam wallet so um, don't just be careful when you click on links anywhere on the internet uh, try to pay attention and see hover over the link and try to read where the link is going to take you before you click on it um, this is always always good advice don't just click on random links especially in chat be it twitch or any place else just People, be careful about where what, what links you're clicking on. Um, one of the things they're actually suggesting is for people who are running channels like myself, we can actually enable the block hyperlink, which is under the which is a feature under their channels and video settings. So I will probably be enabling this before my next stream on Wednesday, just because I don't want anything like that coming into my chat. And I'm finally getting some viewers and people chatting with me lately. So the last thing I want to do is somebody to catch something out of one of my chats. That would pretty much just completely bum me out. 
So, all right, let's jump over to what I played for the week, and I have a shitload of things that I played and a crap load of stuff I want to talk about. So one of the first things I played and continued playing for the week was Project Gorgon. I did a stream on this on Saturday. I decided to do this instead of Hand of Fate because I just wanted to get a little bit further in this MMO. It's currently on Kickstarter right now. I'm not really too sure if it's going to make it or not as far as exceeding or as far as reaching their goal. It seems like they are they are going to fall short, so I've been trying to push the game and say if you're interested in an indie MMO, definitely check this out. You can find it at projectgorgon.com. I'm having a pretty good time with it. It's a skill-based game. I've talked about it um, on last week's podcast. I'm not going to go into too much detail on it now. If you would like to see my first playthrough, which is through the Newbie Zone, that is currently up on my YouTube channel. I'm going to throw that link that over to the site here shortly. And I also will. I'm also working on getting the the second show that I just did this past Saturday where I actually talked and hung around with a couple of different people within the game and did a couple of more quests and and had a great time. And so it's a it's a much smaller game right now. It's definitely not going to be like a triple A title like an Elder Scrolls Online or anything. The graphics the graphics, while they do look good, some of the animations don't appear to be as smooth, like I said before, some of that stuff. But it's it's basically the gameplay is what I'm enjoying the most out of this game. So you can try it for free right now if you like it. Hit their Kickstarter, give them a few bucks, and let's see if we can maybe push them a little closer to their goal. And hello, Kitty Cat. Hi for jumping next to me. Um, let's get you down on the floor here. You don't need to be up there. The other thing we pl- I played this week, I played a couple of games of Run, Fight, or Die down at the comic book store. Run, Fight, or Die is the one um, dice game that I had picked up last week. Uh, we had a pretty good time playing this. It's a lightweight type of dice game. It basically has a Yahtzee-style push-your-luck component to it. Uh, you're basically picking a character and fighting zombies and trying to fight off waves of zombies trying to come at you. The first game we played actually was an extremely short game because the one guy just wasn't rolling good enough and just kept getting more zombies in front of him. And he pretty much got overrun three or four turns into the game. And it was one of the fastest games I've ever played. The second game actually lasted quite a bit longer. Um, But once again, one of the other guys got overrun extremely quick. And we really didn't even get a chance to get too many of the victory points as far as the game goes. But uh, we still had a really good time playing. Um, I would still like to get uh, a couple of different expansions for it. I wouldn't mind picking up the five- or six-player expansion as well as picking up the um, the co-op expansion, which I haven't been able to find anywhere, even on their website. It seems like the only place that the co-op expansion was right now is if you purchased it off of their, off of their Kickstarter, which I missed, which I'm extremely bummed about, so... One of the other games I was able to play this week, one of the great duders over at Giant Bomb was hooking up some people with some Steam codes. I got hooked up with Orcs Must Die 2. This is kind of like... Um, oh, what is this like? It's kind of like a tower defense type game, I guess you could say. You control... Um, I was playing as one of the mages in the game, and you can equip yourself with different types of weapons. You put different t- traps around the dungeon. And then there's hordes of orcs that basically tried to get from the launching period, the entrance, all the way to the exit. And you're basically trying to stop them. Uh, it's a pretty cool game. I played several levels, equipped my guy with some pretty cool things, unlocked a bunch of things. I'm definitely not done with this game. I've been wanting to try it for a while. I had heard some pretty good things about it. And from what I played for it, from about the hour, couple hours that I played it, I really enjoyed it. 
So I guess there's also a two-player co-op mode so that you can kill more, you can, both people can kill more orcs at once. So I may have to try to pick up one of these um, on sale for my wife so both of us can go in and do a little co-op killing of orcs. But that's a good game if, you, if you're if you looking to pick up maybe like a good tower defense game. Every now and then I kind of just like to screw around with tower defense games. I find them kind of just interesting and just a good time waster sometimes. Just something that there. it's kind of brainless and just something to play around with. Last Wednesday, I continued my stream for Diablo 2. I got some really, really good items towards the end of the episode. If you're interested in watching that, you can check those out on the YouTube channel. Uh, towards the end of the episode, I actually finished one quest where I got to turn in basically a piece of armor that I had found that was just a normal piece of armor, but it had a really good damage rating to it. And the NPC turned it into a gold item for me, which... I was just completely stoked about because I hadn't found a great piece of armor up until that point. So I think my character was around level 13 when I had stopped. And I will definitely be hitting some more Diablo 2 this coming Wednesday. Probably going to be starting that around 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're looking for a little Diablo 2 action and you want to watch watch me play Diablo 2, stop by the Twitch stream. And we're, we're going to continue with that. And I am close to the end of Act 1, I believe. So this is by far the furthest I've ever gotten in Diablo 2. Um, like I had mentioned in the stream and on the last podcast, I finished Diablo 1, I finished Diablo 3. Somehow I just never finished Diablo 2, so considering I'm close to the end of Act 1, I'm really stoked about that and can't wait to get back into that on Wednesday. I am going to have to maybe do some studying up here shortly as I am going to have to start to choose a build probably soon um, as I've kind of just been pumping all of my most of my stats into prayer right now and it's actually been working pretty good but i have a feeling that that's going to be dwindling off here shortly as i get into some of the upper levels of the game even though i don't think i'm anywhere near close to a higher level only being level 13 so all right a couple of the board games that i played for the week uh i had actually played the manhattan project a couple of times this week um uh, which kind of surprised me i had actually gone down to participate in one of the marvel dice masters open tournaments on saturday and only one other guy showed up so we pretty much just ended up pulling out the manhattan project and playing that and i'd also played this game on wednesday night um by chance somehow i won both games i played in um the manhattan project's an interesting board game it's basically a a game where you're kind of just doing a worker management style game you're starting off with four basic workers. You also have four engineers and four scientists that you will then try to purchase throughout the game and get them into the game. You will purchase buildings as well. You can also purchase planes and bomb your opponents. And it's kind of funny because in both of the games that I've played, several people have stocked up on both bombers and fighters to where you think they're going to bomb one of the other opponents. And in the first game I played, one guy bombed another guy's building and everybody then started kind of building up their their arsenal of bombers and fighters but nobody really started attacking each other and in the second game i kind of just built up a ton of fighters just because the one guy had one of the other one of my other opponents had built up so many fighters i was like let me at least have a little bit of defense here in case if he comes after me and and nobody actually really ever attacked each other but the object of the game is to get to to get to get victory points and the amount of victory points you need to win is based on the amount of people that are playing. Both games I played were five-person five games, and I believe we needed 45 victory points to actually win. 
Um, there's two different types of bombs you can build. There's, um, I believe, plutonium and uranium. The plutonium bombs you can actually explode and blow up and do a test on to where you can then get an, an additional card with victory points. And then all of your plutonium bombs will be worth a higher level victory point that's on the card than the normal victory point rating that's on there. So the plutonium bombs actually have two victory point ratings on there. One, if you have never tested plutonium bombs before, which is a lower number, and then one is a higher number if you've actually tested them. The uranium bombs actually only have one number on there. I've won both of the games I've played so far by building all uranium bombs for some reason. It just kind of happened this way. I really, the first time I played it, I really didn't have a strategy set or anything. I was, it was the first time I had played it, so I it took me about three or four turns to kind of see what kind of was going on, get a little bit of a strategy going on. And then by the end of the game, I was really starting to feel more comfortable. When I played it the second time on Saturday, I kind of had an idea of let's try to get scientists and engineers in the game as quickly as possible. I bought universities right off the bat, and then I bought... Um, some yellow cake plants at the towards the end of the game which really helped me in to actually win it on the final turn when I kind of wanted to and needed to because I think there were I think there were several people who were kind of close to finishing the game in the next turn or two if I had, if I didn't kind of pull exactly what I needed um, and, and, and get what I needed but um, it's a great worker placement game I think this could be a good this could be a game that um, if you're trying to get somebody interested in board games, I don't think this one would be... I don't know if this one would be considered like an entry-style board game, uh, like some of the other easier type of games, but I don't think this this is as heavy as some of the other games that are out there. It's it's definitely a little bit a little bit I think on the lighter side than some of the other worker placement games and other and some of the other games that I played recently, like Power Grid and stuff. I thought those were maybe just a little bit more. I thought this game was a little bit more. Um, easy to get into so I may actually try to get this game and pick this game up and try to play this with my wife and see if she likes this one or not because I think this would be kind of something she'd really she would really be interested in one of the other games we played on Saturday which I've heard a lot about recently on some of the different podcasts I think I've heard about it on on board games uh, you know the board game geek podcast that they do is a game called Splendor. And I'm going to have to add this to the notes because I didn't even put this on the on the show notes. Splendor is an interesting style game. It's a card game where you're basically going for victory points as well. But the thing is, there's, there's these poker chips that you can basically take um, per turn. And there's, I think, five different colors. There's white, green, black, red, and then there's a yellow, which is a generic color. Um, I think that's all the colors: white, green, black, red, and blue. So there's those five colors, and then the, and then and then basically the yellow, which is kind of like any color. And each turn, you can pick two of the big poker chips. And the cards, I will say, I will say this about Splendor: the chips that they give you for this game are extremely nice. The cards are very nice. Uh, the game I played actually was in card sleeves, and the different levels of cards were in different colored sleeves, so they were really easy to see. And each turn, you're basically just taking chips and trying to buy cards off the center of the board. And on those cards are basically going to be an, a color of one of the chips, which basically means when you buy that card, you can then use that use that color to purchase other cards, as well as possibly, possibly victory points. And I think it's the first person up to 15 points wins. Um, this was a pretty cool game. I really enjoyed it. It's an inexpensive game. It's a very 
easy game to get into. This is definitely an intro game, I think, for people who are wanting to get into board games. Um, and I just think the, the the way the game is constructed was was really good. I can't say enough about Splendor. I can see why it um, it's as popular as it is, and it's kind of like the hit that it is. Uh, so definitely check out Splendor if you get a chance. One of the last games I played for the week was a game called Cartagena 2, The Pirate's Nest. This game I wasn't really impressed with. It's an okay game. I was kind of hoping I would have enjoyed the pirate game a little bit more because I'm kind of into the whole pirate theme and I really enjoy that. Um, but I was a little disappointed with the game played, with the way the game played. I guess this is the, this is the second one. And the couple of the guys that I had played Cartagena with, Cartagena 2 with, they had played the original and they kept, as I was going through the rules, they kept trying to say, well, you need to do this and this to do that. And I'm like, this game's completely different. So in Cartagena 2, you basically start off with five pirates, and you start off with seven cards, and you're basically playing cards, and it's almost a little, for lack of a better term, the one guy referred to it as kind of like Candyland. You play a card, and then you can move your pirate to a spot on the board that matches the card you played. The object of the game is to get all five of your pirates from the starter island across the first island, onto a boat, onto the second island, and then over to the pirate nest. And the first person with all five of their characters on the pirate nest, as well as an extra move to be able to raise the pirate flag, wins the game. Um, I actually was lucky enough to win this one as well. I actually had a pretty good week of game playing. I think I won a lot of the games I actually played somehow. Um, but this game, the, the interesting concept to it was, as you're playing your cards, to be able to draw more cards, you have to move your opponents ahead. So what I mean by this is you would play a card and you can move your pirates ahead. Once you start getting down to a couple of cards and you want to start drawing more cards, you need to move your opponent from one space to, a, to the next occupied space that has pirates on there. And if there is one pirate there, you can draw one card. If there's two pirates there, you could draw two cards, which is a very interesting aspect to a game in that... To basically get yourself ahead, you need to move all of your opponent's tokens as well. That was the strategy part of the whole game, but I just thought it was just a little too lightweight for me. It was okay to play once. I don't know if I'd ever want to go back and actually revisit that one. If somebody pulled it out and said I want to play it, I, I probably would just for the hell of it. But I would I really wasn't too keen on the on the on the whole game. I mean it, it had some interesting concepts to it and you know, we, we thought it was okay, but I it just didn't grab me like a couple of the other games like Splendor and um, and the Manhattan Project did. Both of those games just really grabbed me and are just really well, well-constructed games. So I think that is pretty much about all that I've been playing for. Some of the things I want to play now, um, I think I mentioned before, Boss Monster is a card game um, that I've seen played. I actually did the Kickstarter for their... Um, tablet-style game. One of their goals was actually 130000 They unlocked the PC version, which is going to be on Steam. Completely stoked on that, because I don't have a tablet that this game would have run on. So had it not come out on Steam, I would have been pretty much um, in a whole lot of trouble in trying to talk my wife into getting a new tablet. But I don't have to do that now. I can play on Steam. Uh, the other thing I've been working on is actually rolling up my character for Pathfinder. 
and I've been working on rolling up a ranger, and I will have a couple of tips on here for people who are trying to roll up their first character if you're just getting into Pathfinder. One of the best sites that you can go to for um, some tips on how to do this, I will have links to in the chat, or links to in my show notes, um, d20pfsrd.com. A bunch of guys on the on the Pathfinder Society that I go to told me about this site. They have a great character creation outline on there. They also mention a couple of different pieces of software you can use. One of them is maybe just an Excel spreadsheet. There's a couple of different things on here. The other thing is a piece of software you can purchase called Hero Lab, which I think runs for around $30, I think, right now. And that includes the core data for one game. I've heard here of this Hero Lab software before. I think I have a couple of friends that use this. It looks really good. Um, if you have the $30 and are you know, going to be doing a lot of role-playing, this may be the thing to pick up. One of the things I also did a little bit of research on and found, instead of the spending the 30 bucks, I actually found the open-source RPG character generator called PCGen. This is a SourceForge project that I will have on the show notes as well, and I've been using this to help me out with my Pathfinder character, and it has helped me out immensely. It actually looks like it does a lot of the stuff as to what Hero Lab does. I don't know if it's going to print out the character as nice as what it appears that Hero Lab does, but I've basically just been writing everything down on my character sheet anyway. So if you are just getting into Pathfinder if you're looking for some assistance in rolling up maybe your first character and helping you out basically the D20 PFSRD website as well as the PC Gen um, from SourceForge those are some of the two biggest tips I can give you if you're starting off with Pathfinder I found those to be very helpful for me I cannot wait to get uh, to the gaming store on Thursday and actually hopefully play a game on Pathfinder I don't see any games set up under the Pathfinder Society right now on our webpage for Thursday, so I'm hoping that there's going to be guys down there playing because I really would like to try out my character. And I think that's going to bring us to the close of an episode. I've been rambling for quite a while about all the different things I've been talking about for the week. So, hey, send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. We can You can send me emails at whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter what, at whatimplayingnow. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. You can check out our Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast, and of course the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. I'm usually broadcasting there live Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I'm going to try to do maybe a couple other shows, maybe on Friday or Sunday, um, some impromptu ones whenever, whenever I get a chance. I will tweet those out. But for now, that's going to be the end of another, of another episode. Enjoy your week, everybody, and we will catch you next week. Go out there and play some games and have a good one. We'll see you later.